0: You'll find anywhere.
1: Gentlemen, we are officially in the offseason, even though B-Will will tell you it's basketball season, which, again, we would definitely talk basketball as Auburn had a pretty good day yesterday at home uh, in Neville Arena against the Ole Miss Rebels. But let's talk about the, the, the offseason. Um... As I mentioned, there's 215 days until week zero. Um, So you can add 222 until Auburn actually takes the field. But 215 days until we actually start seeing college football for the upcoming season. What are some of the three things that you believe Auburn needs to achieve to position itself, not only for the season, but for the future ahead under Hugh Freeze? Who wants to go first? I can go first since I'm the host. You want to do it like one at a time and keep it going around or all three? Yeah, let's go one at a time. Let's go one at a time. Uh, For me, and I, mine is not in any, I guess mine is in the order of when I would like to see these things occur. Okay. All right, I'm going close to the time. I'm not necessarily importance, but this, this is likely to, we are likely to see some of these things happen first, right? So for me, the first thing that needs to happen is we hire the right guy as defensive coordinator for the defense. Now, we hired Ron Roberts last year, and on the field, production-wise, Ron Roberts was the right guy. But unfortunately, it's not video games, right? These are actually people who have to work with other people. And the reason why we're in this situation now looking for a defensive coordinator is We need someone who's a good fit for the culture Hugh Freeze is attempting to build at Auburn and someone who is going to be able to work with other assistants, right? And I think this is why I think Chris Kiffin makes a lot of sense because this is a guy who has worked with Hugh Freeze in the past, understands Hugh Freeze, understands the culture he's trying to build. And you also are looking for someone who has experience working with other guys as co-defensive coordinators. I think he's done that before, I think. I think I knew how Ole Miss hired him to be a co-defensive coordinator before he jumped back to the, to the league. Uh, so that makes him a pretty intriguing hire from that vantage point. That's my number one. That's the first thing because obviously we need a defensive coordinator. But what what say you gentlemen, what would what be your number one thing or the first thing?
2: Yeah, that for me, that's that's the same priority one Uh, as far as, you know, how quickly it needs to happen. It needs to be defensive coordinator gets solidified Um, just because that's going to allow you to know what your scheme is going to be. It's going to allow the defense to get more comfortable with what their roles are going to be going into the season. Um, And it gets you a jump start on what you need to get done for the spring as far as filling out the roster. Right. Like you'll know. We need to try to have this kind of player for this kind of thing. And do the guys we have on our roster fit what the coordinator wants to do schematically? So you got the defensive coordinator. I was hoping it would be done by today. Um, and the day ain't over with. Maybe it still will be. But um, yeah, let's let's see this this timeline. They need to expedite
0: this, in my opinion. It needs to happen soon. I don't actually, that's, that's not my number one. I know that that does have to happen soon. Because um as far as what we've heard reported, it's gonna be Chris Kiffin and and or DJ Durkin. And I think the last thing I saw was maybe Zach Arnett if something else doesn't, you know, if something else falls through. I don't know if he's he's even interested like that, but it seems like it's gonna work itself out. They're just waiting for if not you, then you, then you, then you. I am a hundred times more concerned about the quarterback position. Because I've seen year one, Hugh Freeze get that wrong. He got that wrong. Um, He overlooked the guys in the room and was determined to bring somebody else in that he thought could be better. And that guy wasn't better. Okay? That guy was not good. There was some mix-up as far as what was going to be best in offensive coordinator. I think he's resigned himself. He's going to get that right. He seems to have gotten that right with a guy who's okay being co-OC, along with Hugh Freeze calling the plays. So he's like, okay, let me fix that part first. Quarterback, though, and the reason I'm still more concerned, maybe if Peyton Thorne ends the year with a great bowl game in Nashville and everything works itself out, then he's still kind of going into the offseason leading. If that had happened, I still think Phil Montgomery, he still parts ways with Auburn. That was going to happen no matter what. So if that was going to happen no matter what, but you were still willing, though, to ride with Peyton Thorne if he had showed up well enough in the bowl game. Which leads me to believe that the issues with Peyton Thorne weren't specific to Phil Montgomery. Because if you think that Peyton Thorne couldn't do what you want to do because Phil Montgomery couldn't get it out of him, then you get rid of Phil Montgomery and you say, nope, don't worry about it, y'all. He's better than this. We feel like we got a lot going for us. We just had to get some things right back a house, right? But that's not really what's up. He's like, man, I'm thinking we, we might change everything.
1: You're saying you're saying Thorne's issues weren't
0: related to Phil Montgomery? I, not entirely. Not entirely. Okay. I don't think so. Um I think the disconcerting <laughs> what you saw from Hugh Freeze I think
1: I think some of his struggles was symptomatic of the of the power struggle between
0: between Montgomery and Hugh Freeze at times. I IP. I agree with that, but I also think that when yeah. you saw him make a very bad play, Hugh Freeze's reactions to Peyton Thorne was like sure. it was like you it very sure. clearly, and he said this at times during the, you should get this. Like, you you can do better than this. I don't think he ever got that out of him. So, wrapping all that up to say, I think the question mark that is Peyton Thorne made itself a solid question mark. The quarterback is a question mark. And I'm thinking more about the entire landscape of college football, how players will leave if they, if you're not doing enough for them. If they don't think they're going to get enough looks or targets at wide receiver— If they don't think they're going to get enough on-field snaps, period, listen, man, they're gone. I don't think we can afford to waste a season, maybe kind of he'll figure it out at quarterback. And because of that, I think you have to get that right. Or you risk some of the recruiting that you've been doing that so far has been Hugh Freeze's lifeline. That could erode and you find all these top-tier offensive players leaving, if you don't get quarterback right, I think that has got to be priority number one. Open competition, get it right. Okay, right. so I, I have defensive coordinator, get that right.
1: I You have defensive coordinator, B-Will is focused on QB. All right, so let's move to the next one. For me, I think it's important for Auburn to continue the momentum that it's built on the recruiting trail and win some recruiting battles. Uh, I think a big one that I'm paying attention to is uh, an in-state kid, linebacker Eric Winters. Um, Auburn was able to flip a linebacker a year ago, um, who's a big part of the play, who's already been impressive as he was in bowl practice. Um Skip the name is escaping me right now, but Riddick, Riddick, Demarcus Riddick. Mm -hmm. I think Auburn needs to continue the momentum that is sustained by winning that battle. I think Auburn is actually in it for a couple of linebackers between them and Georgia, two linebackers um, that Auburn is looking at. But I think Winters, Auburn likes where they are with Winters right now. I think because of how vulnerable Bama is right now. And the momentum that Auburn has built itself in year one under Hugh Freeze, there's an opportunity here to really, really assert yourself as a as a major dominant force in this state. And I think starting with these types of victories right here where guys are already interested in your program is very important. Let's see the Walker show mentioned in guys like Zion Grady. Um, there's a lot of offensive linemen in this class Auburn has an opportunity to really stack up on some guys in the trenches and fortify the trenches We already saw what Auburn has been doing on the defensive line They're almost pretty much done recruiting defensive line for the 2025 class yeah, crazy. Which is crazy <laughs> So crazy. you you have an amazing opportunity here to sustain that momentum And really go after some guys uh, finding a QB. We, we saw how beneficial it was to have a Walker White already committed to your class and him recruiting and reaching out to other guys, building relationships uh, is le- it led to the freeze five. If you want to make that argument or a freeze four, if you want to make that argument, having a guy like him already recruiting, actively recruiting, being active, building relationships every time there's a huge recruiting event, the QB is there. So obviously, I'm looking at guys like a K.J. Lace, Lacey, who's already committed to Texas, but Auburn has been trying to work to flip his uh, his commitment. Mm-hmm. Julian Juju Lewis, who actually five-star kid, U- USC commitment, who visited this weekend. great weekend for him to visit. Auburn is actually trying to get him to flip. So you have an opportunity to bring to get a splash QB to commit to your class as kind of the the guy. For your recruiting class. So, I think before we even get to spring, I expect to see some good news of Auburn actually winning some of these recruiting battles or at least making inroads with guys who are already committed elsewhere. And of course, you have guys like Ryan Williams who's set to announce next month. I know we're happy with the receivers we got. If we don't land Ryan Williams, it's not the end of the world. But because of what has happened with Nick Saban retiring, Ryan Williams needs to stay home. I would like to see Auburn keep him in house. And again, this is part of the recruiting momentum that Auburn has sustained. So to me, I think recruiting is a big part of it. I think we're likely to see some wins over the next couple of weeks, next few months leading up to spring practice, continuing this run that we have under Hugh Freeze. What say you, I'm going to go
0: with you, B, what's number two for you? Number two for me would have been finding the right mix of guys in the defensive backfield. But then we've got the safety transfer from Texas and the quarterback transfer from Bama. And now I'm like, well, <laughs> so we kind of kind of solved the experience problem back there. Now, a DK jumping in the portal does hurt, right? It hurts. Number two for me is going to be what was number one for y'all, which is defensive coordinator, because... That is going to inform what your scheme is and how much more do you need to go get to be able to fully execute your scheme, your scheme come fall. Depending on the defensive coordinator, you might have to do some shopping after the spring. So you need to know what that's going to be right now so you can start to start spring practice with the guys that you have. See if they can execute the D.C.'s plan and go into the offseason, well, the rest of the offseason between spring and fall camp. With an idea of what you need to fill the rest back in, so I I think DC is now the second most important thing. Oh, okay. um, you know, quarterback is my number one, but yeah, DC is number two for me. I, what's number two for you? Again, I'm going in not necessarily the
2: most important thing, but in the order in which I think they need to happen. So I think defensive coordinators, number one. Number two, for me, is going to be in the similar vein around recruiting, but it's got to be around solidifying your defensive line. Now, a portion of that could happen on National Signing Day with a guy like Dimitri Nicholas that is committed to Auburn. If you can come through and get him to sign his National Letter of Intent, that'll be really big for that defensive interior. Um, And Then you've got to figure out what else you have up front and how you want to be able to move those things along. But first and foremost, again, you got to figure out who your defensive coordinator is so you know what kind of gap schemes you're going to be working up front and what kind of physical makeup you need for your guys along that front. Or if it's going to be adaptable to whoever he brings in, just go get the most talented folks. But if you're going to be playing a primary three down front, you need kids like Dimitri Nicholas because you already don't have Justin Rogers coming back in for next season. That's going to be a primary Mm. nose tackle, zero tech kind of guy. You need somebody who just really, fills that role well for you i'd like to see you have a guy for the future in nicholas and then potentially go get somebody else from the transfer portal if you've got space to be able to solidify what you have in your front um so solidifying that defensive line is going to be the next biggest priority for me
1: i would argue the portal heavily for that because i mean assuming dimitri nicholas is even ready to step into that role you're yeah that's why yeah you need yeah. both
2: of them you got to have yeah. somebody for the future and somebody for now
1: uh, let's let's move to number three. I'm going to keep mine short in the interest of time because B has already kind of talked about it. Mine, again, this, I think Ike and I are flowing in time in the order of which we would like to see these things occur. Mine is Open QB Competition. And actually, get this, guys. This is going to be crazy. I know this is going to be crazy. Select the best guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a novel right? idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've heard I've heard it happening before. Um, you know, whoa, right? Uh, and and again, that's uh, it's, I think with with Hugh Freeze calling plays, uh, new guys actually running the offense. This is a this is a fresh start for Peyton Thorn. This is a this is an opportunity for some of the younger guys in the room to actually compete and assert themselves. And you know, we got some questions about. Uh, a possible guy in the portal uh, who who knows what happens with this QB room and how it shakes out but I'm 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 curious to see if we actually give an objective look at the QB room in the spring and actually see who is actually moving the offense how are the receivers playing with this QB how do they look are the ball is the ball getting delivered in space these are things that I'm curious to see in spring Moving forward, how does this offense look and how do the QBs look? And are we the guy who appears to be the best? Is he seriously in the running or the guy to be QB one?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's quarterback. Um, That is definitely if that's not in the top three, then I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, and for me, again, it's in the order. I don't think you have a quarterback figured out before you figure out who your DC is, before you get through trying to figure out what your defensive line roster is going to look like. That quarterback battle will go through the entirety of the spring, maybe into the fall. If you're really evaluating these guys, I don't, I don't know that you get enough snaps in the spring to say for sure you might have an idea who's leading at that point in time, but to, to declare who it's going to be coming out of the spring means that somebody was absolutely out there head and tails above everybody else. So you've got to figure out what the quarterback position is going to be. There's no reason why you can't get hit the ground running with that because your offensive staff is already together. You know what kind of system you want to run. You've been running this system for the entirety of your career. There's no, hey, we got to merge these playbooks. and not It's none of that this season. Right. It is get in here, run the stuff you've been running with guys that have been running it and let's go at warp speed. That needs to be the ultimate priority for this offensive staff who is going to be the captain of the ship out there on the field.
0: We yeah. will. Thoughts on on number three for you, sir? Number three could definitely be shades of what, for me, could be shades of what y'all have already discussed, recruiting, locking down the state, the area. But I actually think the biggest thing is culture. Um, part of what happens in football a lot that I don't like, that coaches, I think they try to, they try to build their, court, their their culture inorganically, like the quarterback is the best guy and he's the captain, but what if the, what if the quarterback's not a captain, all right? What if he's not a leader? What if he's just good at football? What if he's quiet and he just plays? Like somebody who, Nick Marshall was not a verbose individual. He just balled. And you know why it worked? Because he was really good. Was was he the person giving the, the hype speech every day? Was he uh, uh, rallying everybody on the sideline? No. You could see after he scored on the sideline, he just went to the sideline and sat down. Because they just scored. They scored points. And it worked because we scored points. I want the culture to work in the locker room because we heard about that from Rivaldo at the end of the season. Oh, we got a lot of meat players out here. All right. Did, did we recruit the right players in the offseason to fix that problem? Do we ha- kind of have some some mercenary players out there? What I mean by that is just the nature of the transfer portal at NIL. I want my best lab, my last year to be my best opportunity. Who's going to pay me to come in here and play? All right, I'll come in here and play. Cool. I might be able to get more snaps. Yeah. Okay, if that's a problem, he free said he was going to de-emphasize the portal and emphasize high school more. I think you've solved part of that problem right there. The rest of it is who is going to be the leader? Caddy's out. We know he was at the very least part of, of the inspirational foundation of the team. Get the culture right in the locker room, man. Get the culture right in the locker room. Make sure that the people that are being set up as the captains of the leading are actually the right people to lead. I've always thought it was very, <laughs> very strange to me, like whether it was pro football or college football, the quarterback is supposed to be this rah rah guy that everybody follows. If you go out there and make the wrong read and throw a pick, I don't want to hear nothing you got to say for the rest of the game, buddy. If I'm a wide receiver, I'm running sprints, I'm playing hard in the mud, and you out here leading us on the sideline. But you go in the game and make do something to set our team back. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. Don't don't talk no more. Don't talk no more. Pick the right guy. Pick a guy that people can follow, not just because they say the right things, but because they play the right way and do the things that help the team succeed. I want the culture to be right coming up this next season. Uh, and Robinson
1: asked, so what's wrong with Kelly as the defensive coordinator?
2: I don't think anything's wrong with it. I just don't think that that is what the plan was when he first came in. And again, for for me with Kelly, and we've talked about this before, Um, I've only seen him be the primary defensive play caller for a season once, and it didn't look good. Now, there could be a lot of reasons for that. And I didn't watch enough Colorado football to be able to tell you why that defense was giving up 8 million points per game. But I can tell you they gave up a whole bunch of points uh that that season last year and he was the defensive coordinator. So was it a talent issue? Was it a scheme issue? Was it a fit for his system with the talent they had in the short? I don't know what all the reasons were. Um, but I, I that that to me doesn't give me a bunch of confidence in him as a defensive play caller.
1: Um and also to add some to, to, to add to to that point with Kelly, um I didn't necessarily I wasn't paying attention It wasn't like I had the foresight to know that, hey, in several years, he's going to be on Auburn staff. But he was on Florida State staff Mm -hmm. as a linebacker's coach during the national title run. And I think after Pruitt moved on, he was promoted to defensive coordinator. So outside of the Colorado job, he has experience coordinating a defense and did rather well. I mean, obviously, that defense that they had the year they won a championship was like they had a whole bunch of NFL players on that team. Crazy. Yeah. So when he took over as a coordinator, obviously, his defenses wasn't as stout as that championship defense. But he had he fielded some pretty good defenses because Florida State, relative compared to what he dealt with at uh, Colorado had more talent. And so the conventional thought would be that he would do a fair job here because he would have more talent to work with as opposed to Colorado. Obviously though, Hugh freezes the one determining what the roles are of this person. And right now he sees him as a co defensive coordinator, uh, at the present time, which to me, I'm curious to you guys, and that seems kind of risky with a code. I don't know if that co actually means anything, if there's actually any responsibility uh, asked of Kelly. I would assume so since he has experience with it. But I'm curious how that's going to work out, sharing that responsibility with someone else who may have had experience himself coordinating defenses.
0: Any concerns know. with that? Uh, my only concern is, this is something that we, we've talked about behind the scenes, but I always wonder why would NFL guys want to come to college because you're going to work more because half of your job is relationships and recruiting in the NFL. You got your your job is your job. You can stay up all night, but it's going to be breaking down defenses or thinking up new defenses. Like you get to be a football nerd more in the pros than you do in college. And why would you want to come down? And Ike was like, well, that's kind of why it makes sense to have a co defensive coordinator who is a great recruiter in Charles Kelly. So you can send somebody out there who has just as much uh, weight and authority as far as a representative of the defense of your team, but he's also a great recruiter. And if you really are, let's say, for example, a Chris Kiffin, what if you just, I just want to coach football. I'm great at football. I love coaching guys to play football. Well, you don't have to hit the road 24-7 and go be a great relationship guy. You could just be okay. You can just text him, call him, and and let Charles Kelly do the heavy lifting on the recruiting trail. You stay in here and start scheming and getting us in the right position to, to beat some great teams. And that's why it makes a, a big difference in in that case, if you're gonna have a defensive coordinator who's a better X's and O's guy than recruiter, I think it makes a lot of sense to have a co-defensive coordinator in that sense. Now, if it's not, you know, like to yeah, if it's Durkin, then you think, well, I don't know what I don't know what type of recruiter. I'm really not familiar with DJ Durkin's. I'm not, re- work.
1: I'm not familiar with him either, but yeah. So
0: yeah, but in that case, but I can see why a Chris Kiffin and Charles Kelly co-situation makes a lot of sense if that's what Hugh Freeze was trying to set up. Right. That is a two-headed monster for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, you have the allure of the
1: NFL, but a a good recruiter in Kelly. Um, And even Kiffin has some major wins when he was D.C. at Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. um, Whatever this coach decides, whatever works out, I hope it works. I think that's the biggest thing is that it needs to work in in year two. Oda Smith says, just remote Charles Kelly, the uh, defensive coordinator, and crime, the co-defensive coordinator – Hey, you know, that, that that would remove a lot of the guys who they're after, <laughs> right? Uh, you'd be looking for an assistant at that point. Yeah, but obviously, again, there's a different plan that Hugh Freeze has. Walk The Walker Show says, if Hugh gets the QB wrong again, what's the next step for Auburn? Thoughts, guys? Change the quarterback to somebody better. Like, I, I, listen, we're
2: not having a conversation about firing coach Hugh Freeze in year two, dog. Like, we're just like, <laughs> the, year two would have to be like a three-win season for that to be a situation. I don't know why, why are, why are fans so ready to get rid of coaches, man? Like, this is expensive stuff. Like, let the man implement his plan and get him to year three and after year three we could have this conversation because that's when that, it's built into his contract to do that. If he gets the QB wrong again, then get it right the next time is what you do next for Auburn.
0: Yeah. but I just think he
2: needs to have a quick hook on the quarterback and say, hey man, get you're not getting it done. Move on to the next guy because there are other guys that can get it done.
0: Right, and and <laughs> to to your point about year three, that's when the guy that you brought in would be seemingly ready to contribute at at the level you want him to contribute. That give him a year, let him get his feet wet, and then year three, even if you you don't think he's ready yet, put him out there and see what he's got. Because if you get it wrong year too, buddy, that that seat's gonna be hot.
1: Sure, for sure, for sure. Curtis Jackson says, any fire behind the smoke of QB Jordan McLeod supposed to have visited this weekend?
2: I didn't hear anything about him visiting. And he also said when when the initial report came out about him potentially being the next guy transferring to Auburn, he quote tweeted that and was like, cap. So Mm. um, I don't know if that meant that we hadn't really had any real conversations yet and I still haven't taken my visit or he's like, I'm not coming there. A lot of the people
1: who who are covering Auburn has not jumped on that either. Like, they've been like, I don't know about that one. Um, So, we don't know either. (laughs) But I I haven't heard that he – and I would have imagined that had he had visited – that you would have heard something, something reported. I, you know what? Unless I they want to keep it secret. Yeah, they, I was about to say, because yeah,
2: they've cause done that before. That, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, last year when Peyton Thorne came to visit, nobody knew that it happened. Right. Right, and it, it was just like, it was speculated, oh, Peyton Thorne's going to be the guy, and then it was like, well, he ain't visited yet, and he came and came and went, and there was no report of it, so if they don't want it to be known that he's coming, but I'll say this, if they're... Um, if he came on a secret visit, then uh, Payne Thorne better start looking over his shoulder right now. <laughs> he better start looking right in now. those school right now. Yeah, my boy, you might need to uh, <laughs> polish up your resume because, like that secret <laughs> that visit stuff, up? means yeah. If, that's, if he came on a secret visit, that means he's
1: coming to take somebody's job.
0: Yeah.
2: So, Steve Bradley, but I haven't said. heard anything
1: about it. So. Steve Bradley asked that C-dub, I think Sam Jackson will take a few snaps in the spring. I think the wide receiver is a cover-up. What say ye? Mm, I forgot he came in here. I okay. Um, I think if Phil Montgomery was still here probably. Um, I think Hugh Freeze wants to throw the ball. I think he wants to throw the ball. And I'm not quite sure how Sam Jackson fits into that. If he takes some snaps, is it Wildcat, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I think when he was recruited, I think they were planning on trying to find some guys to be a wide receiver. Um, he's very athletic and talented, and I, I think they can find use use for him. I don't know how much he factors into the QB race, but what do you
2: think? Guys? Maybe uh, you know Hugh Freeze really liked what he had as far as his sub package for Robbie Ashford and wanted another guy who could come in and do that. Right. But a guy who'd be more willing to take snaps at wide receiver as well. Because Robbie was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this wide receiver thing. But he was like, I want a kind of a gadget guy who can come in and potentially run some of this QB sub package stuff. But play wide receiver and, you know, we can run him on speed sweeps and that sort of thing. And Jackson fits the mold of that. So maybe he has this Cordell Scott vision of what he wants to Brad have Stewart. in a player. Or Stewart. Yeah, Stewart, a vision of a player. And he's just like, "I right, this guy fits the mold and let's bring him in and do it.
1: Yeah. So, you're saying Sam Jackson will have a package? <laughs> I mean, pause, but yeah. <laughs> you're you're two of this guy will have a package, all right. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's what it sounds like to me, but who uh, no. knows?